what are they thinking? Why would they do something like that? Wouldn't it be nice to know what's on the inside of someone's head and just understand why they do the things that drive you crazy? You're in luck. Welcome to my series on how to get along with people based on each Enneagram type, my favorite personality test that is so incredibly spot on, it's going to blow your mind. I share with you literally how to get along with each type and even interview someone from each type so you can get the tea straight from the source. Welcome to Create Your Fate. If you have been posting through life but are ready to make small conscious changes to step out of fear and into living your best life ever, this show is for you. Who am I? I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis, here to help retrain old self-limiting beliefs into a positive mindset so you can confidently become the person who you want to be by first understanding who you already are. How? by using the law of attraction in my favorite personality test, the Enneagram. And I'll even teach you some mind tricks along the way. Ultimately, I guide you to stop thinking about what you don't want and instead focus on what you do want. You can create your best life ever and it begins with your mind. Are you ready? It's time to create your fate. All right, let's get into the mind of an Enneagram 3 so we can understand what is going on in there. Honestly, I decided to do this series because I kept finding myself in conversations with people who were trying to understand their loved ones, and I would give them advice based on their Enneagram, and it seemed to really help. So I figured, hey, what better way to help everybody be able to do this than to dedicate a whole podcast series to it? If you are new to the Enneagram, check out mini episode 121 to learn all about the basics of an Enneagram 3, who is also known as the Achiever. The core desire of a 3 is to feel worthwhile, accepted, and desirable. And their core fear is being worthless and without value. I'm going to be sharing some additional information on how to get along with Enneagram 3s that comes from one of my go-to sources, 9types.com, and then we'll hop right into my interview with an Achiever. Okay, 3s. Achievers are energetic, optimistic, self-assured, and goal-oriented. How to get along with me from an Enneagram 3. Leave me alone when I'm doing my work. Give me honest but not overly critical or judgmental feedback. Help me keep my environment harmonious and peaceful. Don't burden me with negative emotions. Tell me you like being around me. Tell me when you're proud of me or my accomplishments. What I like about being a 3. Being optimistic, friendly, and upbeat. Providing well for my family. Being able to recover quickly from setbacks and to charge ahead onto the next challenge. Staying informed and knowing what's going on. Being competent and able to get things to work efficiently. Being able to motivate people. What's hard about being a three? Having to put up with inefficiency and incompetence. The fear of not being or of not being seen as successful. Comparing myself to other people who are doing better. Struggling to hang on to my success. Putting on facades in order to impress people. Always being on. It's exhausting. All right, let's interview this Enneagram 3, the achiever, my good friend Jesleen. Let's go. Today, my friend Jesleen is back to share what goes on in the mind of an Enneagram 3. 
Jasleen is a wife, a mother of two teenagers. She is a PA and an owner of a med spa and is an aspiring coach, a classic Enneagram 3. She is passionate about personal development, travel, and knows how to find the best latte in every city. Ready to dive into the mind of an achiever? Check it out. Jasleen, my beloved Enneagram 3, thanks for being on today's episode to help everybody get along with Enneagram 3s. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you're the perfect Enneagram 3. You're well-versed in the Enneagram. I know we've coached for quite some time with it. And now you're starting to actually coach with it too. So we're kind of going to hit this from all sides. But tell me about, I guess, when you first discovered the Enneagram and you realized that you were an achiever, (laughs) what clicked for you? I was a little disappointed because I thought I was more of like a people pleaser. But it turns out I just really like achievement. And I was like, dang, that's a little shallow. But honestly, it was really refreshing to know like what my motivation is, what I really care about in life. And it helped me like be a better version of myself. Yeah. When you found out that you were an achiever and you know, and you were, because I think you were a high two, high three mm-hmm. and you look back and you were like, okay, yeah, I'm looking at the motivators of a three because you can have the tendencies of a two, but that motivator of a three and that is, you know, you want to basically do it all, be it all, have it all, be the best, do the best, all the things, literally all of the things. All of the things. When you look back into your life, did anything pop out or stand out? You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's why I do that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I've told you this before, but my life has not been like that same like directional path of like most of my peers. I like had kids young. I was married young. I went back to school. So there was a time period and I like this clicked for me after I found out that I was an Enneagram 3. I had two kids and I was mostly stay at home and I would do like odd jobs and like try to pick up work. But it was like one of the hardest times of my life. And I couldn't understand why because I was enjoying my kids. I had a lot of fun with them, but I wasn't doing anything with myself. And I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Like taking care of kids was like the bare minimum as if it's like not the hardest thing you ever do. But it was like, I I didn't have like a purpose outside of them. And I I could feel that they're going to go to school and then all of a sudden I'm going to have nothing for me. And so that was like a really like dark time and tough time for me. And now looking back, it makes so much more sense that it was a tough time for me because I was not accomplishing. I was not doing all the things that I knew I could do. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny part about that is, you know, you acknowledge that raising kids is and having kids is just one of the hardest things that you could do. So it's not the fact that you weren't doing anything. And we're going to get yeah. to the whole doing, 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 do less thing in yeah. a bit. But it's that you weren't acknowledging it. That's actually really true. Honestly, it's like not acknowledging. Mm-hmm. The celebration is not there, the acknowledgement. And I know that's very common for threes. And that's, you know, been a common theme that I know we've coached with. So why is it hard for you to acknowledge the things that you're already doing? Okay, so here's the thing. There's never an end game. There's never a success that you have achieved as a three that is like you've made it. There's never anything like that. There's no end to success. There's always more success after success. One of my favorite Enneagrams threes and I talked about this the other day and it was like, it's so, oh my God, that's so true. Cause I live in my daily life and I'm like, oh my gosh, I achieved all my dreams. But I'm like, okay, what's next? You never accomplish anything in your own mind, even though that's what you're always striving to do. So, and it takes me time to realize like, I have to actually stop 
and, and take a moment and deep breath and like meditate on the fact that like, I have achieved something. I have done things in my life. I am achieving even when I'm, I feel like I'm not, I'm living my best life ever. Even when I'm like, wait, there's more, there's more. So I think the biggest thing is really like appreciating my own accomplishments and, and like being proud of myself, which is like almost impossible to do. Cause it's like, as funny as that sounds, cause you think as an achiever, you'd feel super proud because you're always achieving, but there's never an end. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So someone on the outside, I know something that you mentioned is important to you is, you know, how to, how to get along with me is really talk up my achievements basically remind me that I've done all these things because it's so hard to self-celebrate. So if you, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who tune into this episode because they're maybe they're married or they're in a relationship or have a you know very close relationship with a three who maybe struggle with, okay, they're always doing so much. I feel not prioritized or why are they doing the most, right? Can't we just relax and have a good time and do less? What would you say to that type of person who, you know, is looking to understand why you're always going for the next, going for the next, going for the next? There's two parts to this. One, I think it's like really like holding that person, your three, whoever that three is for you, and just reminding them that they are enough as they are. And I think that takes a lot of like effort on a personal part on myself to remind myself that I'm enough, but having that outside validation, like you do not have to continue to achieve. You're allowed to rest. You're allowed to sit with me. You're allowed to enjoy the fruits of your labor and, you know, go on a dinner date or whatever, whatever your accomplishment or your celebration is. That's the first part. And I think the second part is just recognizing that like, there really is no end for us. It just keeps going. And I think appreciating that for us and saying, wow, there's some people out there. There's someone out there. There's a three out there that is going to keep climbing. And even if they've reached the tip of Mount Everest, they're going to climb the next mountain and they're going to climb it again. And that's just who we are. And it actually brings us a lot of joy to like the process, actually, even the, the grueling, difficult parts of it, like the parts that most people are afraid of, like getting started on your journey, getting on a new journey, like that's actually enjoyable. So even though it may seem like a lot from the outside, from the inside, it feels really good. And that's when I do feel my best is when I'm constantly putting something else, another challenge in front of myself. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I guess a common thread that someone who's getting along with an Enneagram 3, they could go into this relationship saying, oh, well, whenever they check this box off, then our relationship will be prioritized or whenever they do this, then we can do all these things. And really it's like, you just have to accept that person for who they are and not wait for, (laughs) there's no point in waiting. Don't you're going to wait forever. And instead I say relish in the enjoyment that that three is having, because I know it's really hard because also we get so like laser focused that we're like, this is our goal. I'm going to achieve it. And I can't think of anything else. We almost have to be reminded like, Hey, I'm here too. Like, don't forget about me. And especially with friendships and relationships, like I see that in myself a lot where I have a group of amazing friends and then I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in two months. And we live in the same city. Like, yeah, yeah. it's almost like I have to just be reminded, like you're allowed to like stop working for a little bit, take a break from your normal, you know, hustle and take a break and, and spend time. And just like a reminder is enough. I think and giving us the space to be ourselves and have fun outside of our work too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think being a three is a lot of fun. So, 
Yes. I have a lot of three in my chart. So I, I understand a lot of the behaviors. And then of course, I actually love coaching threes. I coach a lot of threes because threes always want to do more. They want to be the best, the best version of themselves. So personal development is a big part of three. So, you know, so talk about if threes want to achieve the most and be the best, and they probably put a lot of emphasis on doing things to elevate themselves. How would being in a close friendship or a partnership or a business relationship with somebody who is not as, you know, motivated, I'm sure you could, as a three, would maybe see that as being lazy or, you know, just inefficient. And so talk to me about that dynamic. Well, and one of my favorite things about being a three is that we are so competent and we're so efficient. We're able to get Like you tell us a task, we're going to take it to the nth degree, right? So it is frustrating because you're like, well, if I'm this way, why are you not this way? And it almost takes a minute to self-reflect. And that's kind of the best part. At least we're not just completely aloof, right? Like we want to be better for our people and we want to motivate others to be better too. And we're, we're happy. We're, we're upbeat. We, We like to push others forward. So it's like, it can be frustrating to not have someone that's, as efficient or competent, but then if you're a good three and you're healthy and you're able to reflect on yourself, you can sit, take a step back and be like, you know, appreciative of the other person in their own right and appreciate their love for rest or need for rest rather than being upset about it. Does that make sense? Like it's about if you're, if you're able to get that level of understanding of your own Enneagram, then you can actually appreciate others for their personality traits instead of being frustrated. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the last year because I become so efficient at what I do. And this is part of why I job hopped so much until I became an aesthetic PA. But before this, I was always like, I would achieve it. I was the best at it. And then I was like, I'm bored. I need to get out of here. Instead of enjoying and relishing and appreciating my colleagues and being able to stay in it, which I mean, I'm super grateful that happened because now it's I'm good. But it's very interesting that the journey that you get on once you realize that you want to be the best version of yourself and it can be better than just being judgmental of others. So I think that was my best. That was the best part about learning about myself too. Like, Hmm, I could do better. Oh, I'm going to do better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also learning, Oh, not everybody thinks this way, you know, and I think a lot of understanding and not everybody does things the way that I do them. And efficiency is huge for a three. So talk to me about when somebody who you are in a close personal relationship with is not efficient. How does that make you feel? Oh, that's, <laughs> you're opening a can of worms. <laughs> I should have done a trigger you know warning. exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, it takes a lot of like, like I said, self-reflection and just stepping back, <laughs> like you really trigger me there. <laughs> but it takes a lot of self-reflection and sitting back and and like appreciating yourself for who you are and appreciating others for who they are. And part of it is also motivating others. And and like I said, if if I can instead of being judgmental and frustrated, understanding them and then instead using their motivators to motivate them and kind of planting the seed the right way, I think that's very that's another fun thing about me is that I'm able to like give you an idea that sounds like it's your idea. And that's a motivating technique that I learned because of the fact that I'm so ready to take on the world all the time. Like every single day I wake up like thinking in the brain, what are we going to do to take over the world? 
Mm-hmm. So I can plant the seed in the next guy and be like, hey, this sounds like a great plan and they're ready for it. So I think it's it's kind of like a little bit of like knowing where you are and knowing what you feel and knowing what that means to you versus others. And then also using that to help others be better for themselves. And also coming back to the allowing, like allowing them to still be who they are. I think that's where I struggled the most last year is whenever it was anyone in my life that I couldn't get them to do what I thought was going to help them and benefit them. I was able to just step back and be like, I still love you and I still appreciate you and I'm going to allow you to be who you are and it's not going to affect me. And that's that's a tough one to overcome, like a really tough one. Yeah. Well, because you do think you're being affected because it's like, no, I'm efficiency is a big value of mine. I want to be the best in the shortest amount of time so I can get to everything on my checklist, right? And if someone comes mm-hmm. in and they mess it up, it's like, you're the problem, right? Like, hi, yeah. you're the problem. You're messing up my checklist because God forbid, I don't check something off on my to-do list today, right? It's like, when you have unchecked items on your checklist or to-do list, is it hard to stay present? What do you struggle with when you still have those like tiny little things that aren't done yet? You know, it was a struggle for a long time. Like I would be up to like midnight every night working because now that I've started this business, it's like totally taken off in a different direction where it's not about just exchanging my hours for money all day, every day, but it's all the things I can do on the back end to make my business better and more clean and more unique and just more efficient. So it's, it's a constant, there's never, it's never ending, which is kind of perfect up my alley because it's like, well, it's never ending. So it works for me. I can just keep accomplishing and it's, it's just going to get there when it gets there. And so it's nice. It works, but it's also learning to say, okay, I can turn my laptop off at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. And when the normal world stops, I can stop, you know, instead of being like up till midnight and recognizing that part of also being a three or, you know, being an individual that uh, wants to achieve part of the achievement is also like being happy in your family and being happy in your, in your current place. And once you recognize that, you realize that that's another checklist. So you could put this checklist to sleep and wake that one up and say, well, this is the checklist I'm going to work on today. And that checklist is usually pretty short. It's usually just being present. So that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. So the being present. So I guess how to get along with the three would be like, Hey, you know, like wrapping up everything you've said so far, be present and I'm going to give you permission and I'm going to help you be present and slow down. Right. Like our, our little favorite, like do less because it's like, just be present and celebrate what you've already done. Right. So you can be present. So you're not thinking about all these things that aren't checked or not checked off yet. You know, now when it comes to, you know, asking for help and, and having a partner help you be present and help you slow down and help you with pretty much anything really, you know, it, part of the Enneagram, there's the harmonic groups, which is how each type deals with conflict and difficulty. And threes are in the competency group. Like it's got to make sense before we do it. So if somebody, if you have an idea of the way you're going to do something and somebody else presents a different option and you, you're not really familiar with it, what is your natural gut reaction to stray from your original idea? It used to be that I'd be like, uh, that's a terrible idea. Why would you come up with that? <laughs> My way is way better. Um, we're going to scrap your idea. Great, great job trying to think. And where does that come from? That thought right there, because I think that's very common with Enneagram 3s and whoever they're, you know, sharing ideas with. It's like, no, we're doing this my way. Why 
why is it so hard to accept somebody else's idea? Because we know we're efficient. We know we're constantly on. We know we're ready to go. And we know that whatever we decide, it's it's been thought out. But I think the biggest part is like, yeah, we're just we're just ready to go all the time. So it's like when you give me... And that's another thing. It's like you're on. You're on. Like you're yeah. never off. And so when you're off, it's like when you go to bed, that's it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know you checked off. That was the thing you picked. Like, oh, this is most stands out to me. I always have to be on, and I don't love that about being a three. What's the fear behind that, or is it shame driven? Right, you're in that two, three, four heart triad, which is driven by shame. So, if you don't get something done, or if you're not the best, what's so bad about that? Yeah, it is. It is a little bit shame driven. You feel guilty for not being the best that you could be and not completing all the tasks that you had on your list, and. It's interesting because then you have to be like, if you're on for like your work or where you're at all day and then you're on again in the evening, it's almost like you don't get to like shut that character off and you feel really bad about yourself because you're like, how do I be present for the people that love me without having to be on the whole time? And I think what I found is that I realized that if I can turn that character off, my three that's always doing and just be it's actually less exhausting and I actually have to do less. Like I don't have to do a lot to be present for my family. And that's, and a lot of times I don't even have to like say much. I just have to listen. And it's a different kind of, you like turn off the gear a little bit. So it's, it's a little different than being constantly like zoned in. All gas, no brakes. (laughs) So how can somebody help you slow down in a nice kind way that you're not going to take you know, offense to like, no, you're, you're messing up my to-do list, my checklist, my efficiency, your way sucks. You know, how can, how can somebody be successful in coaxing you to be more present and enjoy the moment? One of the things that I really like appreciate of my family is they'll just kind of like, they'll see me working and they'll just kind of like walk over and just like, just gently be like, Hey, you're still working. And just ask me that question. And I'm like, Oh, what time is it? Oh gosh, it's already 7 p.m. I haven't made dinner. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let me wrap this up and I'm ready to get out. So it's like just a gentle reminder and just being kind and like recognizing that when we're in that space, it's literally like an on and off switch. And then when we're able to like shut it down, and this is one of the major reasons where I only work at my desk is because I know that it's hard for me to shut down anywhere. So if I just sit on my couch or my bed, I'm not able to do the same thing like where I shut down. So, and like, change my role to being like present and just being. So just a gentle reminder is nice, you know? That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Of kind of working somewhere and then not bringing that to other places in your home or wherever you work. So back to the gentle, the gentle nudge. Threes typically don't like confrontation. So why is that? And does it have anything to do with maybe a not gentle nudge or, you know, why, why is a gentle nudge so important to you versus someone like coming at you? Because we know that we're able to do so much and handle so much, like the workload, the the family load, all the things. So whenever anyone confronts us with like an incompetency, it's like a full like blow. It's a gut punch. And it's like, you're telling me the only thing that motivates me and keeps me going in life is the thing that I'm not doing how dare you? Cause I know I'm a hundred percent all the time, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's really big. I never even thought of it that way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. You're someone who dove into the Enneagram and really used it for your personal development. How has it, so, you know, you can 
say these things and look back and say, oh, this is how it helped me. This is how I used to handle things. And then with some self-awareness and some personal development, knowing my motivators and how I typically react to things and, you know, what triggers me, now I can handle things this way. So like, what's the most helpful thing that the Enneagram, you know, has served you with? I think it's done so much, like just being able to recognize the difference between people and like, I I know we always like hate to say that we mind read, but like, I feel like now that I understand the Enneagram, I can mind read so much better. Like I can understand people and I like, hello, efficiency. Like I want to know people because I want to be efficient in helping them learn and grow as well. I mean, just as part of my... (laughs) Right. Oh, I didn't even think of that. It's just a great tool for (laughs) efficiency. I can get to know you better, quicker. Quicker. Without you having to tell me anything. I know all about you. So it's like, it's really changed a lot for me. And it's given, allowed me to give grace to others and myself and get rid of that guilt, get rid of that shame, instead feeling appreciative and happy and grateful and just continue to be upbeat, motivated, but also knowing my limits and where my limits are and how important rest is for me. I never thought about rest. I've I like thought about rest as lazy. If you rest, there's something wrong with you. How could you even think about resting? We have so much to do. And like I said, doing is joy. Doing, it brings happiness. So how do you just like take that away? Like, why? Why would you do that? So learning rest is a big deal. Yeah. So talk to me about burnout. Yeah. Been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't feel good because I think it's very common for threes. So whenever you are burned out, what are some characteristics that you notice about yourself? You're like, okay, I'm not really acting like my best self, but somebody else might get like the brunt of it. How do you respond to burnout? Burnout? I mean, it's happened to me several times and I've just become a very complaining person. I'm a very vocal person. Obviously I talk a lot. And so I vocalize more in the negative sense than in the positive sense. And burnout can happen outside of work. Like it can literally just be life things because our lives are so individualistic. Like we're back in the day, it was a lot of like, you had a team, a network, people would always help you. And now it's like, you're on your own. You got to figure it out. Right. And like, I think, recognizing that there are people outside that are willing to help. If you just ask, like that has changed a lot for me. And then, like I said, taking breaks and I think more so scheduling breaks. Like for me, my break is when I leave town and I'm not home anymore a lot of times because when I'm gone, I can just be and not do because there's nothing to do. Right. And then the other part is like scheduling breaks during the week, like while I'm home and like putting it on my calendar that this is my break. I am not putting anything on that point, uh, that break, you know, and I've had to find days in the week where I'm like, okay, this is the day I'm going to get really exhausted. So that's the day I take off. Yeah. And it has to be like alone, not with like others because let alone time, it just, it changes the game. Okay. That's a really helpful, helpful tip. So really just scheduling in that recharge time, right? Because if you're... I know we've used the analogy of like, you're always like, you are a phone, right? And if you're always on 15 apps are open at the same time and that battery is just like dwindling, 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 dwindling. If you do not recharge your phone, even small increments at a time, right? 20% at a time, it's like you're constantly cruising around on low battery mode. And the interesting thing is you end up not being as efficient. <laughs> so you get the exact opposite of what you wanted to, to do, right? Literally. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I posted this a little while ago, but the quote, self-care is productive. What does that mean for you? Yeah. I mean, 
self-care, like, I think we had this discussion with like the way my work is. And I'm, like I say, I'm on and it's even just sitting quietly for five minutes and after you feel like depleted and you've been on all day and just taking deep breaths, listening to meditation music, anything that kind of uplifts you and, or it could be heavy metal, whatever, like fills your cup and just taking that time to just be present. And like a lot of it is presence, right? Even with the efficiency and without. So when you're super efficient and you're not as productive or as efficient, it still seems like you're getting so much done. But then when you look back, you're like, ah, well, did I really like being a multitasker? Did it really help me multitask? Or was I just delusional and thought I was multitasking and kind of getting half of everything done when I could have done a better job after my rest and taking little breaks? So self-care is definitely like a read. Yeah. It's as productive as getting stuff done. And you know, what's funny, I think we had this talk is that when you're like resting, sometimes the better ideas come to you. And like that gives you, and I kind of use it as my idea bubble. It's like my chance to just like let things be and see what happens. It kind of, it's it's more fun that way. Yeah. Right. And I'm I'm sure you just feel better, right. With, with the recharge. Well, thank you for all these insightful thoughts. If there was one thing that you wish people could know about Enneagram threes, one like overarching theme, what would you want to share? Any last thoughts? We love to share our success. So I think recognizing that an Enneagram three, as much as they love success and achievement and doing all the things, we love to share it. And I think when you share in it and you enjoy it too, I think it gives us even more like happiness and joy and like it is our celebration too. Like when others share in our success and like share with us and are present with us too. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from being a three is like, it's not all bad. It's not just doing and like being, you know, this robot of achievement all day long, but it's also enjoying the fruits of our labor and like doing fun things with other people that we love. So I think just remembering that is a probably a pretty vital part of being in your three's life and being happy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and again, sharing all this insight. Uh, I'll be tagging all the ways to find you and, uh, you know, follow you in the show notes. But when I thought of Enneagram threes, you were the only person who you were the only one I could, could not use anybody but you because um, <laughs> again, the self-awareness is just so powerful. So I hope people can take that away and use this as a tool to help, you know, understand yourself, but to your point, understand others as well, because it allows you to give grace for yourself and grace for others. So thank you again for coming on and we will talk to y'all later. That wraps up how to get along with an Enneagram 3. I hope it was helpful and gave you some insight into the mind of someone who you love. Be sure to send this to your favorite Enneagram 3 or someone who you know has a close relationship with a 3. And if you loved today's episode, please follow, subscribe. You can leave a review that helps the show grow so much and allows me to continue to get awesome guests and episodes out for you. And of course, if I could leave you with just one thing, it would be this. Expect good things always and they will happen. Thank you.